Hello and welcome to Cornerstone, a Fair Temple Prep podcast. I'm Jacob Crapo. And I'm Conrad Campbell. Going to the temple for the first time can be pretty intimidating. It's a new experience and it doesn't help that when we talk about the temple, it's always pretty vague. Our hope with this podcast is to outline the foundational doctrine of the temple and share what we can so that you can feel confident when you go to the house of the Lord. This podcast has not replaced official temple prep courses, but hopefully complements what you will learn there. Well, welcome back for another episode of this Temple Prep Podcast. We're excited to have BJ Spurlock and Conrad Campbell joining us today. BJ is a Sunday school teacher in Kentucky, and he also writes on the blog thingsastheyreallyare.com. He has also written for Public Square Magazine and Fair. Yep. Well, welcome, guys. Good to be here. Yeah. Sweet. Well, today we are going to be talking about covenants and ordinances and how they relate to the temple. Yeah, so I was kind of thinking about this topic uh, throughout this week and I uh, think about like my experience going to the temple and, um, you know, especially sometimes how much we don't talk about the temple. But I remember thinking, I was like, okay, we have baptism, you know, and confirmation. Like, I get those are ordinances, I get those are covenants. But I had a hard time understanding what was the need for an endowment. Like, what was the purpose? What I'm like going for because I was like, oh, we get endowed with power. Well, all right, well, what does that mean? And so, maybe you want to start there, like, dissecting that. Sure. Uh, let's 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 roll back a little bit and just talk about what covenants are. Uh, make sure all of our all of our listeners understand what that is before we move forward. Um, so, a covenant is a it's a new relationship that we enter into with God. Uh, it comes with greater obligation. It comes with greater responsibilities, but it also comes with greater greater promises. And so when we talk about the endowment, we're talking about the 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 greater privileges that come along with that, the the gift of greater privileges, but it also comes with greater obligations as well. So I think that's something that's important to understand. And that's how that's really how all covenants are, where we we come closer to God, but it also brings with it more responsibilities. I agree with that. Uh... A good friend one time who put it to me this way, he he said, if 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 all there was, the only difference with the covenants we make in the temple was um, that it gave us more responsibility, then why who in their right mind would go and make them? It uh, it doesn't make uh, much sense. Who wants to take much more responsibility unless there is something else, and and that gets to. Um, the blessings, promises, grace, power that comes from living uh, those more special covenants we make in the in the house of the Lord. I totally agree with that. Um, like you said, who would want to take on greater responsibilities without those greater blessings, those greater privileges? It's like getting a promotion without getting a raise. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you want that? Um. Yeah, no, I was just thinking about just kind of that, that greater, like, responsibility and those greater promises. I feel like we receive a greater understanding who God is as we, like, learn more. Um, like, it's kind of like even with, like, a job or schooling, the more responsibility you take in those capacities, the more you learn, the more closer you get to, to be to, to understanding, especially that, you know, we're building this relationship is, uh, 
Um, as we get to know God, we get to know him more through his ordinances and through his covenants. Yeah, I think I think President Nelson probably put it best, and it was quoted a few times this past conference, where the blessings that come from making those covenants in the temple and then afterwards consistently going to the temple is receiving those miracles and blessings we all most seek in our lives, we all most desire. Um, so I, I don't want to come off on, on here to people who are preparing to go to the temple like, man, do I really want more responsibility? Sure, there's more blessings, but... We're really talking about receiving those blessings in your life, those miracles in your life you most want. And sometimes they might not things that you know that you want, but you most need. Um, that, that's the blessings that come. For sure. I think it's, I think it's comparable to a lot of relationships that we have in this life. Um, when I talk about covenants with people, I often use the analogy of um, the progressive stages of relationships with my wife. You know, at first we we were just acquaintances, and then we we started dating. And at some point, I asked her to be my girlfriend. And then after that, I proposed, and we we got engaged. And then after that, we got married. And so th- we can see that with a with a with a close friend, you're going to have greater obligations to your friend than you would with an acquaintance. But you're also going to have uh, greater it, the you're you're, you're closer in the relationship than you are with, with somebody you just met. And the same thing's true with your fiance or with your wife. It's, it's greater obligations each time, but it's the blessings far outweigh the, the obligations. No, no, I think that's wonderful. I I think this is me getting on maybe a soapbox a little bit, but I, when, when we speak of baptism for those who baptized at eight or born in the church or baptized at earlier age, we talk a lot about, okay, now you've taken upon yourself the name of Christ. Well, to understand the temple and the covenants and the role of successive ordinances and covenants, I think it was, it was Elder Oaks who taught that, that taking upon us the name of Christ is more of a process than it is an event. And it's a process that occurs over those successive ordinances. Each is a preparatory step, and they, they are... They are relational in nature, that uh, you don't fully become a covenantal son or daughter of Christ until more covenants or are taken upon yourself. Um, it, it's the way of when Christ says, uh, it's, this is life eternal to, to know me and God who thou sent, it's, it's a process of us coming unto him. Um, and we choose to do that through those ordinances and, and keeping those covenants. It's true. And I think with with a lot of these relationships that we have, there, there is one key difference between the relationship we have with God and the relationship we have with other people. And that's, there's no negotiation with God. Um, he sets the terms, he sets the obligations, he sets the blessings. Uh, and we're not here to, to debate or to argue with him about it. Yeah, I think, I think that's why what we, talked about this earlier in the week, but uh, why Elder Bednar prefers the term covenantal connections to covenantal relationship. So that's a good point. It's something that Elder Renlin talked about a little bit in his talk from this last conference. He said, Mm -hmm. before the earth was created, God established covenants as the mechanism by which we, his children, could unite ourselves to him. Based on eternal unchanging law, 
he specified the non-negotiable conditions whereby we are transformed, saved, and exalted. In this life, we make these covenants by participating in priesthood ordinances and promising to do what God has asked us to do. And in return, God promises us certain blessings. Yeah, one thing that I um, enjoy as I go back and read the scriptures is that we can see like this process happen all the time. You know, we see with, with Abraham when he makes covenants with God. We see with Moses. We even see it with Catherine Moroni. Um, and as we, the reason for these covenants is really like for our benefit to be able to help us make it through life, to receive those blessings, and to grow in our relationship with God. Um, and and the more I think about covenants, I really just like how much God truly loves us because He always gives us so much, and He really just asks us for like us to to have um, a clean heart and to be able to, to to focus our hearts and our thoughts towards Christ. Uh, but when we do those things, He just gives us so much more. Uh, we're especially grateful that we do have a living God to, to give us these covenants. Yeah, I, uh, I think it was uh, President Young, Brigham Young, that has the classic quote that uh, these ordinances are sort of our passport as we walk by angels who stand as sentinels. And it's not so much that that uh, you take upon these ordinances so you can qualify to get back to heaven is that they they more so qualify you to if you keep the associated covenants to gain the power to receive the blessings that will transform you sanctify you to change you to be someone who is a celestial person um i think that's that's important to understand you're not just going through because it's necessary you're going through because the power of godliness is manifest in them uh, i think it's to me, if I was 18 years old or 19, and if I could understand that, it, it would have helped a lot. At least I, I think so. Yeah, I like that. I Sometimes we, we might slip into the pattern where we look at the ordinances of the gospel as uh, boxes that need to be checked. Um, because they are, in mm -hmm. a way, credentials that we need in order to, to enter into heaven. But it's so much more than that, like you said. these are the This is the means that God has given us to transform us. Uh, the covenants that we're mm -hmm. asked to keep in the temple and at baptism, they're, they're the things that change us into the being that God wants us to be in order to make us able to receive that exaltation that he wants to give us. Yeah. One, one way that I really loved that as I've been reading this Easter week, which is when we're recording this, to think of it as, as when, when anciently, the great high priest, there was the festival called the Day of Atonement. Long story short, he would he would enter into the holiest place of the temple and he would carry twelve stones on his shoulders. And that was that was covenant Israel. And it was through the covenant all that Israel had made with the Lord that they were in there being carried by the high priest, or in our case Christ. So it, it, again it's not so much even even for not as changed as much as we'd like to. We try our best to keep the covenant because he's there where we want to be. We will be there also. Um, I think that's another important point to make that it's it's uh, it's very hopeful um, in that message too. Hope that made sense. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. I always enjoy when we get really focused by like on how these covenants point us towards Christ, and um, sometimes we get so bogged up with life and all the responsibilities that we have 
and sometimes we forget that when we do make these covenants, it's, it's all focused in Christ. Well, let's shift gears a little bit, and we can talk a little more about how how God teaches us through the ordinances that we enter in, or that we participate in, uh, and how God teaches us through symbolism. Because every single one of the ordinances of the, of the gospel are very symbolic. Um, take for for example baptism. In baptism, we are covenanting to. We're, we're being adopted into Christ's family. We are we are starting a new life, and we have we're we're being washed of our sins, right? And that is that. The, the ordinances of baptism is a symbol of all of those things in some pretty profound ways. In, in some instance, it represents the death of Christ and his resurrection and how it makes redemption possible for all of us. But it also symbolizes our own death and how, how the, our old life is over. And when we come back out, out of that water, we've started a new life. I think there's so many symbols um, in these ordinances that we have so much to learn from. I think that's one of the reasons that God has asked us to do it. I agree. The term ordinances is a is an interesting word, something that's been helpful to me at least. In our LDS vernacular, or Latter-day Saint vernacular, it's when we speak of ordinances, we're talking about those symbols and those things, but in, in the rest of the world, an ordinance is a legal declaration to enforce something for the better benefit of the community, society, or the person. And so the, the, these ordinances are, are the prescribed uh, method uh, to, to undergo, to receive the blessings, which come through the covenants, uh, that any, any law that you keep in society, if you don't speed, you're not going to wreck and kill yourself. If you, if you keep the laws and things, you're you're granted certain rights and privileges that those who don't keep the law uh, receive. So it's very similar to that, and uh, the symbolism as well associated there. And our, it's the way that, frankly, I think Johnny Woodsoe puts it, is the way that God teaches all his children throughout eternity that a symbolism is the means where so much meaning can be drawn. And usually meaning that's drawn is usually in the form of, comes in the form of revelation and usually what we need in moments, individual moments, and usually what we can help us endure as well. Um, something, something I like, uh, one Latter-day Saint scholar, Adam Miller, he, he pointed out that the, every ordinance, when you think about it, is, is sort of like the, the folding of, of time. It's a symbol of such. And the idea is, again, we're not waiting to receive well, in a sense, we are waiting to receive blessings later on after death or later on in life, but at the same time, they represent eternity spilling into the here and now. And, and again, that, that's the ordinance, that keep these blessings, keep these covenants. The ordinance from heaven, the decree from heaven, is, is you will enjoy these specific blessings. And that can be here and now, that can be later, but if they come, in the words of Elder Holland. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Yeah, I think one one thing that um, when it comes to the symbols, and I think it's a lot more challenging than just reading, uh, you know, a story or um, 
just trying to un understand something from like the scriptures, but then we all get to like Isaiah or Second Nephi, and we all kind of get like you know bogged down or Revelations is kind of like what what is happening here? But a lot of it is kind of in that symbolic nature. Um, it requires us to, to think a little bit more of like what we're reading. Um, and uh, it reminds me of a story when um, I went to like bathrooms for the dead and I asked the bishop because I saw this like interesting symbol outside like the Las Vegas temple and I was like, hey, like since it's outside, like what is the symbol? I'm kind of curious about it. Um, I don't remember exactly like what he said, but I remember kind of like the feeling he was like, well, you know, we have these symbols, and it's for us to be able to, to learn and, and to grow from them, and it takes time to understand them. And I was kind of like upset because he didn't tell me the answer, because he wanted to know what it meant. Um, but I was kind of grateful for his teaching to kind of like to let me think about it, and spend some time and some prayer, and to really understand these things. And I think as we, we learn more about symbols and try to like get started early on um, in our lives to understand like what Isaiah is trying to tell us, what John the Revelator is trying to tell us of these things, I think it becomes a lot easier when we go to the temple and we see similar themes and motifs um, as we go through. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's kind of similar to how Jesus Christ taught in parables and how the the symbols that he gives, it's more to, to see if we're ready to receive that information and how that those that are, they're going to be able to receive that revelation and get understand the symbolism and those that aren't they won't be able to understand the symbolism and it's okay not to understand it uh just just keep with it i know uh when i was reading through isaiah there was a few chapters that i had to read probably 10 times before i started to understand them um that's one of the reasons why we go back to the temple is so that we can understand the symbolism better we can gain a deeper appreciation for what god is teaching us with each of those symbols yeah, it's evidence that we have perfect parents as heavenly parents. That uh, and just how how brilliant the method of symbolism is because it's it's very individualized. It's what it gives us what we need in the moment we need it, and it always comes in the form of revelation, which is indispensable as we make our journey. It it helps us grow into the spirit of revelation. That's that's what's so important about symbolism. It would be so nice if things were just spelled out clearly, but in in when we're trying to be prepared for a for a life with our heavenly parents again, eternal life, it's going to be very difficult when things there and then maybe aren't necessarily spelled out for us, and it, it helps us to be more independent in that in that area as well. So that, those are just things I've learned as I've gotten older, just why why symbolism in the temple is the way it is. And once you understand that, you you rather have it, not have it any other way. I agree with everything you said, except for the part where you said that having it spelled out for us would be would be easier or, or better. No, I I think this is way more fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that was more tug and cheek. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. I guess it's more tug and cheek, but you know, it, it's it's better this right. way. Um, yeah. Yeah. One thing, just kind of like to highlight a few points you talked about is, is really having like that spirit, that spirit of revelation. Um, you know, sometimes I'm like, I have to be stubborn and try to figure things my own way, but I want to help myself enough and be more prayerful um, and try to be more in tune with the spirit. It's easier to be able to learn more. And it kind of goes back to that line upon line, precepts on line, precepts. I know this, like, 
as I've matured throughout life, when I come to see the read scriptures or going to the temple, the more I uh, mature, learn, and especially um, learn more about the relationship that I have with God and learn about the Spirit, it becomes easier to like learn more and more things um, that I could never like understand when I was you know, younger. Even just like from a year ago, I know a lot more than I did you know, a year ago from just trying to understand these, these principles. So. I could bring up one, one symbol that I appreciate from from the endowment if you're getting ready to go through the endowment is uh, another reason why you go often is you, is you notice things that you never noticed before and that happens quite often and I'll, I'll just share an experience I had that uh, a symbol in the temple that isn't spelled out but I all of a sudden noticed it one time is is as you go through you notice that there's no death death isn't there um, I mean, obviously, as you go through towards the end, some people might think that a certain thing we do uh, uh, might hint at death, but there's there's no death at all. And I, I had the realization that the that the symbol of going through that endowment and then going through the celestial room, which you do at the end, and then you head back out into the world. It's a it's a ritual ascent into our heavenly Father's presence, just like prophets of old, and receive instruction, receive divine guidance and help, and you go back into the world renewed to accomplish whatever you've been commissioned to do. And that just that just blew my mind. Just a symbol, and it wasn't even a spelled out symbol. It's just something that wasn't there, and uh, that happens so often. And it happens more often the, the more you go, the more consistently you make it a priority to go. That's so true. Uh, the, more, the more you go, the more you're able to, to recognize and understand those symbols. Um, that's something that I've been learning the last few months as I've been able to go to the temple more and more is, is just how much God has to teach us. I think, so in the last episode, I talked with Scott Woodward about we talked about a lot of things, but one thing that he mentioned is that when he went to the temple that for the first time that he was like looking at the chandelier and he noticed that there's three tiers in the chandelier and he's like, why? I wonder why there's three instead of two. And he said that he was looking for a symbolism in all the wrong places. And I think I, I agree with him that there's probably not a ton of symbolism in why there's three tiers in the chandelier instead of two um, or instead of four, but... I think it's okay to look. It's okay to look at everything around you and because you're looking. When, you, when you're looking like that, when you're trying to understand, you're working at it. That's when you're going to be able to recognize and learn more. If you're just sitting, if you're sitting there and you're not thinking about the symbolism or trying to understand, you're not going to understand. It doesn't just come to you. You got to be, you got to be working for it and looking for it. Yeah, I, I love that so much. And it's, as one has gone through multiple temples and the endowment of multiple temples, for example, I, I served my mission in Calgary, and the, the temple at the time that was there was in Cardston, and it was an older temple. And if you go through that that ordinance, it's sort of jarring because everything else is sort of all the all the furnishings and the wallpaper and the paint, it's all sort of a dark brown and dark blue. Like what's going on here? When when every other temple you go to, it's all white. And so, uh, uh, 
I guess I pointed out that not not all temples are constructed the same way, but you find little nuances in the symbolism, even the, in the differences that you find uh, if you're if you're willing to look at them that way and and objectively try to ask yourself what what's the Lord trying to teach us here. Um, like I just throwing this out there, I notice in my local temples, the Louisville Temple. I think I've seen this in other temples. It, I noticed the bottom of the of the table legs and the chairs had like claws on them. <laughs> like, what, what, what's that about? I don't pretend to know what that's about, but just notice those things, and, and it's a, it's an invitation to learn more, um, and it's an invitation to to reach higher, to learn more. Um, so I I agree with you. Don't don't uh, don't sell yourself short by not trying to observe everything and soak everything in because sometimes you do get you do get grand insights yeah it just goes to like the fact that just like how god can teach us on a very personal level uh and teach us you know to the questions and the thoughts that we have you know through the spirit and um even if you have you know basic questions like well what's the symbolism here or maybe you have a question in your life or like man i'm really struggling you know in school i'm struggling with my relationship with my friends and family um I don't know what direction to have in life. You know, one of my, I or one of my family members are struggling with like a sickness. And sometimes when you go to the temple, that's all you can think about is is the pain and the things that you're trying to go through in life. And even during those times, when you make that sacrifice, you know, to spend that time to go to the temple and to participate in that ordinance and that, and that covenant, um, God will teach you the things that you, you need to know. Um, and he'll do it because he loves you and you, you made a sacrifice and you made a point to go to his house and to be taught. Um, and he will teach you. He will. This is all reminding me of a David O. McKay quote. And I think, interesting enough, I, I think I got this quote from a Scott Woodward article when I think about it. Um, but uh, David O. McKay once commented how his daughter, or not daughter, I think it was granddaughter, went through the temple and how she didn't really get it at all. She was, she was, not put off by it. I'm not saying that, but just like, okay, this was nice. And uh, Eller, or President McKay at the time, said something like the effect of, even even most temple matrons probably don't fully understand the ordinance, the symbols, why we do this. And he was he was actually saying that sort of in a scolding remark, not necessarily as uh, it's okay, but saying that we. We are being asked, especially for President Nelson, to go to the temple often to understand these things. And I still have a long ways to go to understand them, but, but I've found that that um, the, the crowning blessings that we all desire and want to receive, all, those, all that knowledge even, it, it can't be had in any other way. There's no other way. Um, to borrow a term from a line from Satan, of all people, <laughs> there's no other way. Um, but um, it, it's just it's just beautiful to me um, that when we finally get it, a switch kind of goes off, and um, the full blessings of the atonement of Christ, all those things, fuller endowment of the Holy Ghost, all those things come come as we initiate and engage with those ordinances. Absolutely, I think it's it's really important to understand that exactly what you just said that we might not understand it at first 
and there's a lot of people out there that don't understand it. Um, but consistently going back and, and learning in the house of the Lord. But there was one uh, Latter-day Saint scholar he would call the temple the, the Lord's University because that's where we go to learn mm-hmm. about him. We go to learn, to learn about God and to become what he wants us to be. Um, but you don't, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen just going the one time. Uh, going the one time is, is great. That's awesome because you need to go for yourself. But going back, being able to go back and sit there and learn the things that God wants us to know, that's so important. So Jacob, BJ, if you can go back in time uh, and talk to like, you know, an 18-year-old version of yourself who's about to go to the temple, uh, what advice would you, you know, tell about, you know, ordinances and and covenants that uh, you're about to make? That's a fantastic question. Um, I think about that relatively often. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I, for me, and I've sort of mentioned this already, it, it's, it's understanding this is not the next check mark per se, but this is this is you reaching higher and covenanting to learn and continuing to learn to go back often so you can learn what everything that God wants to teach you. Um, there's a good Elder Maxwell line, I think President Nelson quoted this in his first talk as president of the church, where he said, God is giving away the spiritual secrets of the universe, but are we listening? And that's why we keep going back to the temple. And when that's why, and beautiful thing on top of all that, we keep going back to do work for our deceased ancestors. And uh, so it's it's not so much, I guess maybe I put it this way, that going back to the temple is not just about doing work for your deceased ancestors, as important as that is. It's also going back to receive more light and knowledge. Um, I think of Elder Scott he was always a good example. Spoke of this a few times, where he would receive a revelation and then he would sort of timidly ask, "Lord, is there more?" And us going back is, is us asking for a little more every time. Um, so I wish I would have understood that, and maybe in my younger years, even as a return missionary, I probably would have had more of a desire to go um, instead of just thinking, "Oh, I got to have names to go," which is really nice. I I go to go to learn about my Father in Heaven, not just trying to check a box. I think if I had to, if I could go back and tell myself something about the temple to better prepare myself, it would be that going to the temple and participating in the ordinances there are as essential for our salvation as being baptized. I think that was something that I didn't fully understand until years later that that this is just this is another step on the covenant path that's just as important as the first one that we won't be able to be exalted unless we make these covenants that's why we go back and we do that for our ancestors is to make salvation available for them as well but we have to understand that for ourselves first that it's important not just to go for our ancestors but to go for ourselves too yeah i feel like we both of you touched on really great points and maybe one one thing that I might add is just the, the power that comes from going to the temple and the power that comes from participating in the covenants and the power that comes from participating in an ordinances. Um, 
you know, I remember when I was younger, I was like a couple worker while I was like doing school and work full time. It was like super stressful. I was like, I barely have time, you know, to, to do this thing. And, and I remember like, you know, the first like hour or two of the tumble was still kind of like chilling out from the world. Um, and by like, you know, the third or fourth hour, I really kind of got into it. I, I finally calmed down enough and like was able to listen a lot more to the spirit. And I was able to be taught a lot more. And, and so if I go back and talk to younger Conrad, like, you know, go to the temple and just absorb it in. Just take everything that you can and leave, leave the world outside when you go to the temple and, and really pay attention and really think, well, what, what is God going to teach me today? What lessons am I going to learn and how am I going to apply them to my life when I leave the temple? Wonderful. Um, I'll kind of give my concluding thought here. Um, John A. Woodso, he was an apostle back in the early 1900s. For those who don't know, he, he gives a good quote about, about all this. Uh, he said, quote, to the man or woman who goes through the temple with open eyes, heeding the symbols and the covenants and making a steady, continuous effort to understand the full meaning, God speaks his word and revelations come. The endowment is so richly symbolic that only a fool would attempt to describe it. It is so packed full of revelations to those who exercise their strength to seek and see that no human words can explain or make clear the possibilities that reside in the temple service. The endowment, which was given by revelation, can be best understood by revelation. And to those who seek most vigorously with pure hearts will the revelation be greatest. In temple worship, as in all else, we probably gain understanding according to our different knowledge and capacity, but I believe that we can increase in knowledge and enlarge our capacity and in that way receive greater gifts from God. I would therefore urge upon you that we teach those who go into the temples to do so with a strong desire to have God's will revealed to them, not for publication or for conversation, but for our own good, for the satisfying of our own hearts. Close quote. And that, that really summarizes how I feel about the temple currently. It's pretty profound. And I, I really like the part where he says that the endowment was given by revelation and is best understood by revelation. That's something that I know has been reiterated by church leaders lately. Um, and it's so true. So one of the things that we've talked about a couple times is understanding the symbolism and being prepared to receive the power that comes from temple covenants. That's hard to do, and it doesn't really come naturally. It's something that we don't do a whole lot out in the world, um, understanding through symbolism. And so one of our invitations, I think, BJ, you had some great suggestions for preparing for the temple. Conrad, you had some great suggestions. If I could add just one more, it's when you go to church this week, when you partake of the sacrament, think about the symbolism Think about what the ordinance is and, and the covenants that you're making and think about what that ordinance teaches you about Jesus Christ. What does it teach you about your relationship to him? I know that getting into this mindset of recognizing those symbols uh, will, will help you as you go to the temple for yourself. You'll understand it better. You'll, you'll understand the power that you're being endowed with better. And you'll be open to receiving more revelation as you do. One thing, and as you're talking about, when it comes to the sacrament, about preparing for it, um, I just remember 
you know, some of my favorite sacrament meetings is is really trying to concentrate and think about, okay, what's going on here? Um, and kind of slowing down time and trying to take like all the things that I have going on in my life and just put it aside, think about what's really happening here. You know, here we're at church together, we're doing these things, and, and the more that I spend time thinking about Christ, um, just the more that I feel filled, the more that I have, have the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, when I leave you know, church that week and go out the, the rest of the week, I still have those thoughts in the back of my mind as I, as I go. Um, just live life. And so I totally wholeheartedly recommend what Jacobs has suggested is, is to use, you know, the sacrament is a good way to help prepare to the temple. And I think about the, the ordinances that's going on there, the, the covenants that we're, we're making or remaking during that time. And if I can, I know I said I concluding thought previously, but I got one more, one more, I promise. <clears throat> but on that point, I, Elder Anderson said something during a leadership training, probably like six, seven years ago that stuck with me. And it goes hand in hand with what you're all saying, how, how to use the sacrament in this. And what, what he says in jest is, is it's not incorrect to talk about receiving the sacrament as renewing baptismal covenants. He says he's taught that, other brethren have taught it. But that idea is never taught in Scripture, and it shouldn't be the apex of our understanding of the sacrament. And as we go through the temple especially, we might begin to glimpse... Uh, what the sacraments really trying to get at and, and the symbols therein as well and as we all know they all point to Jesus Christ and you, you learn the same thing about the temple they all point to Jesus Christ in some form or facet or fashion um, so it, it's the, the sacrament is an indispensable tool as we prepare to go to the temple as well and and maybe not get so hung up on on renewing all the time and trying to more so to trying more so to ascend a little bit too if that makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. The, <laughs> the, the church leaders, they teach about the sacrament, um, but I think a lot of times we neglect what the scriptures actually say about the sacrament. And having both of those, it can yield some pretty pr profound insights when you partake of the sacrament. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Cornerstone and Fairy Temple Prep Podcast. We hope that you found this discussion insightful. The Cornerstone Podcast is not affiliated with The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The opinions and beliefs expressed in this podcast are the views of the person who expressed them and do not necessarily represent the position of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Fair Latter-day Saints.